that reduce stress, perhaps feeding into higher levels of productivity, or as many of us have experienced now, man, when you work from home, it never turns off. It never shuts yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that and that can be a challenge. But hey, so the Business Life and Coffee podcast was on a brief hiatus while I spent some time with my new board. I'm very excited that we welcomed our new daughter into the world in February in the midst of all of this COVID craziness. But I had to put some things on pause a bit. And one of those being the Business Life and Coffee podcast. However, don't fret, we have a few new episodes lined up, and this one is one I'm super excited about. We'll get into it soon, but I wanted to share with you that we have two events for the month of May for Mental Health Awareness Month. There will be a free mindfulness event on May 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern, and then we'll have a goal setting and a goal reset event on May 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss them. Click the link in the show notes to register, or you can check out the links in all of my social media pages. Let's get into the episode. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in to the Business Life of Coffee podcast. And this segment called the Coffee Shop Q&A is where we bring together experts in the field who can help you become a better performer in business and life and understand the changing world around us. This week, we're joined with a special repeat guest, Cecile Affair-LaRue, who is Vice President of Product and Innovation at UKG, also known as the Ultimate Kronos Group. Now, Cecile is a former guest from episode 259, where we talked about how are remote workers benefiting the workforce, and that was in 2019. Since then, there's been a pandemic, there has been social unrest, there have been a lot of things that have changed and challenged the way that we work. So we're going to talk about it and revisit the conversation of remote work and how it's changed and what do you need to learn about it. Cecil, thanks for joining the show. Thank you so much for having me again. Uh, I I think I, 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 I pushed on this topic again, because so much has, has changed. And yet uh, some things are, are sort of trending in the same direction. But I think that this topic has, has never been more important as so many organizations are considering what a return to work might look like if it's going to happen and all of these uh, and everything in between. Um, And there's some, you know, obviously there's some, some incredible impacts and there's a, a, a tragic amount of loss that has been sort of felt almost on the outside of the world or sort of around us. Um, many of us have been directly, other, others indirectly, some even less than that impacted by, you know, social unrest and pandemic and also like the craziest year from an environmental perspective. Yeah. Uh, and some people probably are thinking, I, I definitely, I'm going to hunker down and stay at home. I don't want to go anywhere, <laughs> but, um, but it, it is, it has been a, a, a remarkable, remarkable year. And I just, uh, I couldn't think of anyone I wanted to have a conversation about this topic with, because I think there, you know, we had such a great conversation before thinking about the fact that know, 88% of remote workers are more satis- are satisfied with their jobs versus 78%. So that's a 10%, you know, higher number of people are, are, were satisfied in, in 2019 when they got to work remotely and, and women actually did better. They had better promotion opportunities back in 2019. That was the impression 
Um, and, and, and now with so many people working remotely, uh, I think it's worth having that uh, conversation about, uh, how, is it that much better or yes or no, all those other things. So, so, so Joey, I wanted to have this conversation with you. Yeah, well, and, and I thank you, and I agree. I think we had a, a really great conversation. Were we at uh, Ulti Connect? Uh, yes, we were. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I can remember that was um, one of my first big trips away from my family, and uh, you you nailed it with COVID and pandemic and everything. So much has changed about the way that we work. So I can tell you the last time that I hopped on a plane, unfortunately, it was in 2020. But uh, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you <laughs> and uh, the landscape in general. Uh, but personally, how are you doing? How have you been? You know, it's, um, I have been overall, I, I feel incredibly fortunate compared to um, the experiences of, well, right now in particular, a lot of my colleagues in, in India, it's an absolute uh, human tragedy and, um, you know, I, I felt the same way. I lost an, an uncle early in the year in, in Europe. Um, I, I sort of feel, you know, there, there are certain, some, some of us are more empaths in, in the world, right? And I, I sort of, I feel that there's a lot of unfinished uh, grieving that is going to be a bit of a reckoning for all of us at some point. Um, and so I, I kind of, I, I feel like there's so, so much unfinished business, so much um, that has changed, so much loss that has happened that we haven't really dealt with. And, um, and, and so that makes me a little bit, not only sad, but it makes me a little bit nervous for what the impacts are going to be um, on, you know, on, on everyone, on, on the workforce for sure, because we all know that you show up differently when you're carrying a, a heavy load. Yeah. Uh, and so, and so that, that's something that, that I think about. And I, you know, since you asked, I will say one of what I have a, a number of close friends and colleagues who have long haul COVID mm-hmm. and I, I'm very, very curious and concerned to see how organizations are going to deal with sort of, I'm, I'm calling it intermittent productivity because the reality is, is you, you can have a really good week and then you'll have one day where it's like, I can't. And, you know, we used to joke about mental health days. Well, now they're really, you know, it's a, it's a thing. It's the mandatory these days. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, so how am I, I'm, I, I'm feeling fortunate. You know, I, I have not um, suffered direct Im, impact or loss in my family. Um, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm vaccinated. So I'm able to, to hang out with my parents and my, and my kids are also so, so, so I feel really fortunate. Um, I have a job. Not everyone is so fortunate to, to be in that situation. Um, and I'm trying to channel some of that positivity or the fact that I feel fortunate into helping others who have not been um, as, as fortunate. And cause there are a lot of people who are hurting and, yeah. and we feel it. Yeah, well, Cecilia, you nailed it. I, I think, you know, some of us uh, operate are operating now either in just the tenacity that we're wired in to kind of cross the finish line here, or it's this adrenaline that's like, hey, we're in crisis and we have to power through. And to, at some point, there's going to be a moment where we're able to sit in silence and just say, man, what, what did we just go through? What was and, that? Yeah, yeah. What, what, what was that? And what does that mean for the future? And I think that that's the conversation that we all will be having, not just within the workforce space, but in many of our other important relationships, because yes. it has literally rocked everything. 
Yeah. And, and you, I mean, you saw it er, early on in the pandemic there, people were like, oh, wow, there's a higher incidence of divorce and there's a higher incidence of, I, I mean, I, another thing I worry about is people not taking care of themselves because who wants to go out when it's super high risk? Yeah. You know, I did, I finally went to the dentist after, after a, <laughs> a year and two months and uh, yeah. guess what? I had a cavity. I'm like, oh, aren't I too old to have cavities? But <laughs> Apparently that's what happens when you don't go to the dentist. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but but that the, also... extra, the, uh, the extra Reese cups, because we're stressing out over this. Over this <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, I do. I do think though uh, it's worth talking about this, this one interesting statistic and that's that, um, you know, women actually who worked remotely, we're in a position often from the, the research that we did in 2019, that they actually were more likely to get promoted. Some of that was um, potentially related to lower levels of stress that we saw. Um, and, and sometimes the difference in, in levels of stress when you go into the office, I know just commuting is stressful enough actually, but, but that, that, um, that reduced stress perhaps feeding into higher levels of productivity or as many of us have experienced now, man, when you work from home, it never turns off. It never shuts yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, and that can be a challenge, but, but what we're also seeing is that the, the burden of the, of the pandemic and the burden of childcare has come to rear its head in a pretty devastating way for women in particular, um, you know, where, where, the levels of, of women in the workforce today have, have dropped to levels uh, of, of the 1980s. So we have taken severe, severely some steps backward. And a lot of that has to do with, I remember seeing some, some different studies and, 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 and even interviews of people. It's like, yeah, my, my husband lost his job, but with the kids, it, it wasn't working out. So I had to leave my job also. And he found something else because the child care was not happening. It was not the kind, it, it just, it's really, really difficult to, to, to flip that switch, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I think we have to, we have to think about. We're going to have to rebuild women in the workforce. And that is going to make us change how we think about any kind of, whether it's coming back to an office, yeah. um, what does that mean for child care? How much more do we need to address that particular issue that some organizations will say, oh, yes, we have child care on site or, or all of these sorts of things. In, in many organizations have said, well, that's not really our issue. Yeah. But if, if we're going to bring more women back into the workforce, you know, it, we're going to have to do something different there for yeah. sure. Yeah. You know, speaking of the family dynamic of remote work, uh, you were on stage recently, I guess virtual stage. Yeah. Uh, as as me and my stages are these days, but yeah. you were in a virtual stage recently uh, for UKG Connect, and um, you had talked about this these these blurred lines between work and home, and I think this is where employers and people leaders uh, have to consider the fact that it's not just work that is impeding work; it is life that impedes work, and so we have to be in the solution seat. Uh, of saying, hey, well, how can we make your your family dynamic support your work dynamic and vice versa? Because it's no longer just a one-way conversation anymore where it's like, hey, you figure out that life stuff 
and then show up to work and, and give your best and, and leave it All there. Quick. Yeah, leave it at the door. Leave it at the yeah. door. Well, you know, now you're in the same four walls of, of work and home. And so, yeah, you, I, I sleep right over there. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, for those that missed that moment um, in, your, in your talk, um, could you talk about those blurred lines and uh, the family dynamics and how they're impeding work? You know, we all feel it, but for the people leaders in the room, could you share a little empathy of maybe what, what their team members are, are going through? Yeah, I, I think what 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 we when we started to to see, immediately UKG sort of set up uh, all sorts of systems and programs internally uh, to to help people who had to now be full time teachers, as an example, mm-hmm. and um, this whole idea of you know life work balance was just completely thrown out the uh, out the window. I mean, it har- it had already been pretty much of a false construct, I think. Um, that and 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 one of the things that even in early 2020, I was like, there, there's this journey that we're on and it's like, it's a life work journey. It's not a work life journey. So it's not work life, it's not work life <laughs> balance because we're, we're alive first and we're living first yeah. and then we layer work into it. And, and, and so from, from, from my perspective, this, this life work journey is something we have to be able to, as leaders, as, uh, as, as HR leaders, as business leaders, we have to be able to do what we can to guide people along a life work journey. Um, and every, every person's life work journey is going to be different. And, and right now, our technology has been designed to really support work and your journey at work. And, you know, I think some people are even calling it work tech. Well, that's great that there's work tech, but what about life work tech? Because the reality is that's what we're doing. That's what we're living. There is no, you know, oh, you're going to shut off your stress at the end of the day. If I'm here, you know, that, that stress comes with me and it takes hours to bleed off. Um, and often you're working extra hours also. So I think that this, this nuance and this whole idea of we've gotten more comfortable letting children walk through, walk into a screen or, or an elderly parent or somebody walk, walk up and say hi in the middle of a meeting. And yet there are some organizations where they're still sort of recoiling, like, why are you dressing that way? Like, you know, I, I'm sitting in a chair all day <laughs> and you never see anything but this, you know, there's yeah. that whole, is it, wasn't that the, is it the, the, the mullet outfit or the, I, I think we yeah. call it business on top party on the bottom or whatever. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But, but I think that um, the, the lines have blurred so much that it is, it is life work. Uh, yeah. that we're dealing with today. It's not, you know, work and life. It's not versus life. It's not trying to establish some kind of balance. It's recognizing this incredibly intertwined connection. I think you referred to it as a, as, as, as sand and water. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and when you think about sand and water, there are days when the water's incredibly clear. I love that metaphor so much. I had to riff on it because it's like that some days the water's clear and you know exactly what you have to do. There are other days when it's churned up, yeah. you can't see anything. And yeah. that's when it's all completely blended, yeah. you know? And so that's where it becomes a, a real challenge, but how do we guide people and how do we actually tap into that? And, and sometimes it's, it's just what you did. You said, Hey, how are you doing? And we know that our meetings now almost always start with, how are you doing? And sometimes you can see it in people's faces, mm-hmm. but sometimes you don't really see it. And so you have to keep connecting in, in different ways. And, and there are ways that technology can help. There's some people who aren't comfortable, um, 
you know, sharing their, sharing some of those things in a, in a, in a video, or maybe you do that through chat or you do that through text, giving people video breaks, like saying, Hey, you know what? Today, we're just all going off video. We're, we're just, we're just going to talk. And, and it's not just to, to, to recognize that sometimes you need a break. Yeah. Yeah. I I definitely agree with you. Um, And of course I agree with the, uh, the water and sand uh, because that was what I was thinking of as, as you were speaking uh, on stage. Um, and I, I want to give space and time to drill down a little bit on the conversation of women women and work, uh, because you mentioned it, and it is obviously a part of family dynamic, but you shared the stat that we've essentially wiped out yes. three decades of progress uh, of women at work. If we're back to the 80s, that means the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, those numbers are all gone. Yeah. And so what would you say to a people leader uh, listening to this conversation right now who um, is evaluating performance of a, of a woman caregiver uh, and, and, and needs some direction and guidance and support? Um, I, I know I put you on the spot. I don't no, not, 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 not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and, and we'd be remiss if we didn't say that the impact has been greater mm-hmm. on women of color also. Yeah. By the way, yeah. that impact has been the, the 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 adverse impact has been far greater. Uh, and if you think about three decades of of progress for women at work being erased, and it's far greater for women of color, there there's a, an actual crisis there. And there there are some reasons to 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 for that. Some of it is that oftentimes women are in jobs that can be eliminated more quickly, or they're having to go home and deal with daycare centers being closed, school being closed and, 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 and childcare, right? So when I think about what that means for, um, for leaders, I can't tell you how often I hear, and I know it's with the greatest and the best of intention, but I hear things like, you know, make sure you take time for yourself. And it feels like lip service to somebody who is so overwhelmed to take time for yourself. You have to be really concrete. I'd like you to be off camera for a day or take that, or I'd like you to, um, to, to actually not, not work or clear a whole day. And don't expect that the piled up work is, is not going to be done by someone else. Rebalance that work. That's the, because what we're, it's one thing to say, I care for you. I understand, but you're only perpetuating the problem if you aren't coming up with some actual concrete solutions. Um, we've been talking about, even in some instances, you know, th- this feeling of, of burnout is very real. 76% of workers now say that they are experiencing some form of worker burnout. Executives, it's 96%. And so you have to be concrete because what the problem is you can't just say, go ahead and take a break, take an extra day off. When people are like, well, I'm not going to lose my job yeah. because I'm not getting the feedback that I normally get. I don't get the, the, you know, the, the actual, did, did that go well or not? You know, this is, it's not the same world. And so you have to be explicit and say, Hey, this work is actually either going to wait or it's not going to happen. We're just going to take it off the table because to just push it off is only going to add to the stress that people feel. Uh, and, and this uncertainty that we have about 
the future of, of work because we really don't know what it's going to look like. We also know that a lot of people are saying, if I, if you're going to make me go back to work full time in an office, when I've had a little bit more latitude where I can do laundry or I can take the camera off and I don't have to, you know, look a particular way sometimes, then that's okay. Then I, I, I want to make sure because we don't know how the back to work is going to go. Nobody wants to force anyone to get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just not in a place as we can see all around the world where things are that safe. So I want to make sure that you're very explicit with your team members who are feeling overwhelmed and don't assume that people are going to come up and say, Hey, I'm overwhelmed. Some may and good, good for them, but we, we have to be explicit about making that space um, and having conversations. And sometimes, although there's a lot of zoom fatigue, it could be having a totally different casual conversation. No. Yeah. And we're just, we're going to talk through some things. There's no agenda. There's nothing, nothing to do. It's sort of how you put me at ease today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was a pleasure. And I definitely enjoy talking with you because you, you've got so many great things to say and you're just a, a great human being. So it's always <laughs> a pleasure to occupy space with you. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think everything you've mentioned kind of leads up to a narrative where this is, this is likely, uh, in addition to the industrial revolution, I think that this is one of the number one or number two seasons or moments for HR professionals, for people leaders, because of everything that is happening. You know, on one end, we are uh, increasing and advancing technology. On the other hand, we're coming out of a, of a ravaging pandemic that will continue to have lasting lingering effects. Um, I think we'll talk about that more when we touch on workers with disabilities. But um, a, the, the playbook for HR has, has changed so drastically over the last 12 to 18 months that it, it's almost the need for a new identity of sorts because it's not, you know, your, your greatest flag on the ground is no longer, hey, I put together the greatest employee handbook ever, or hey, our compensation is balanced correctly. It's, you know, I, my staff isn't going nuts. And, you know, we have people still excited to connect with one another over, over video, or, you know, we're developing and giving space for, for women and and individuals with disabilities to work according to their, um, to how their life, um, their life rhythms. Uh, It's a truly, truly uh, fascinating time for HR. Do you have any, do you have any thoughts on that before we kind of go to the other parts of the conversation? Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that's most that's changed most dramatically is that, you know, where where there were some questions about how HR contributed, and, and and to your point, it's not just about policies and 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 benefits and um, and even risk com- and and compliance mitigation for an organization. All those things remain important, but it's connecting people in particular for organizations that have to furlough employees. How, how did HR connect and keep that relationship strong um, throughout that period of time when people were not working or in some cases still aren't working? How do you bring them back? How do you accommodate for that additional risk for, for workers as well? And so HR became this incredible conduit for connecting people. Um, for connecting potential employees, if there, if if you were in high growth mode and you needed to hire a bunch of people, but it was that 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 connection and communication that was critical. And I think what also happened is that 
there is a shift. Um, and I've spoken to a number of CEOs that have touched on this also. And the shift is that we used to think of business continuity as our systems and our customers being okay. And with what happened in 2020 from social unrest and, um, and, and environmental disasters and the pandemic in particular, HR now is faced with, or, or businesses are like, wow, it's not business continuity, it's, work, it's workforce continuity. <laughs> because without the workforce, we're screwed. We can't do what we need to do, right? And so that shift immediately cast a new light. So I love your, your thought about redefining and a, a totally new definition for HR, because in so many ways, HR became the conduit and the connection and communication point between people and the organization. And they were the workforce continuity arm of overall business continuity, which honestly really should be workforce continuity. And then on the other, on the other hand, because of the jump forward, the leap forward in terms of tools and everything um, and, and, and technology and digitization of HR happened overnight, done. Okay, there's no more, are you digitizing? It's like, it's there, right? And so now the need for HR scientists, essentially, or people scientists, um, that are specialists in understanding people in different situations, in understanding and mitigating the, 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 the stresses, the challenges. How do you detect where somebody is on their life work journey and how do you support them? So I think the role of HR, it, you're absolutely right, has changed dramatically. Yeah. Um, and it's such a great opportunity for HR. I, 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 the people that I speak to in HR are both in, invigorated and exhausted, <laughs> which represents that new level of responsibility. But there's no yeah. more question of a seat at the table. Yeah, no way. that's done. That's over. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's not about having the seat at the table because HR is now the architect of the building. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so much of what the organizations um, need to become will flow through or needs to flow through the best of, um, yeah. skilled and strategic HR leaders. Yeah, um, absolutely. What, one of those other things in our catch up uh, before the recording, we were talking about, uh, you know, working with law COVID and um, how employers may need to embrace and understand that, hey, that could continue to be a thing if there is a treatment or, or medicine to, to assist with that. Uh, yeah. But that's just one aspect of going to work with a disability. Yeah. Um, how has, as we look back over the past year, how has um, the workforce um, either supported or need to support workers with disabilities? Uh, and, and where do you see that conversation moving forward? So, so it's interesting. One of the things we, we at the sort of in the in the middle of the pandemic, um, we did some some research specifically on um, on what actions organizations were taking. Uh, because about about early early 2020, we had talked about one of the, the megatrends we were focused on was this this need to expand our view of the workforce, and that may, that means redefining what a what a, a worker is and who a worker is or can be, and the wholeness of who of what someone is or isn't based on if they have a disability. My, you know, my perspective is everyone's a whole person, doesn't matter what kind of disability they have, right? Uh, and um, 
and I, and I, I have a, a, I have a daughter who has a disability it made very, very difficult for her to find work, but she has, and it's been uh, a, a great thing. Remote work is, is wonderful, but what's happened is most organizations have said, this has become very important to us. So we did some research and asked how, how the, how digitization and what organizations are doing to be more adaptable and to be more accessible. And a lot of it is digitization has actually really, really helped in bringing more people with disabilities into the workforce. Remote work has also helped in some cases, because if you think about, you know, if you have a, a, a physical disability, sometimes a commute can be two to three, four hours longer than for someone who does not have a physical disability. And what that translates into is exhaustion uh, and, and, and potentially then, you know, that flowing into lower productivity because the reality is it takes so much time and so much more. So you're working twice as hard yeah. just to get to get to work. So, so remote work has actually helped a lot of what's happening is, is this is being thoughtful um, and implementing more and more tools that are accessible uh, screen readers, ensuring accessibility is there from a, a digital perspective, which I think is going to force the question even more about return to work and this balance bet between remote and um, and on-site work when it's when it's possible. So that's why this hybrid, I think, is for sure here to stay because it will have a positive impact on people with disabilities, without a doubt. Yeah, and, and we would have to spend a whole another 30 minutes to an hour discussing mental health. Yeah, and, even and I will I will gladly do that. That's a, that's <laughs> another one for sure. Yeah, well, very briefly, if you want to touch on the mental mental health aspect, um, I, I know we don't want to honor your time, so I, I just yeah. have one more question about um, you know the role technology plays and what yeah. opportunities for growth are there. But if you wanted to touch on mental health first, quickly, I, I, and then we go into the. I, I will I will touch on it just because I think it's so important. You know, I think for for so long we talked about well being and 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 there are so many stigmas associated actually with things like autoimmune diseases, um, as well as mental health. If you can't see it, so often people are like ah, oh, it's not that real. Yeah. You know? uh, and and that attitude has to change. Yeah. It just has to change. Um, and 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 mental health, the the this this sort of to me, one of the things that we are not addressing, and I don't see it anywhere um, really talked about, is this sort of collective grief um, that is that is trauma. It's it's traumatizing. There are people who are who have days and 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 moments, and and people are super isolated too. Mm -hmm. No, and and so that has had an impact. And I think that between long haul COVID and uh, mental health, we're going to be facing a crisis that most organizations aren't necessarily thinking about um, in terms of well, how open will we be? What will we, you know, how will we decide that someone? Oh, well, you know, what if you're only going to be intermittently product productive and you have, you know, a week that you can't really work out of a month? Will will you be cast aside or discarded? I hope not. I would hope that wouldn't be the case for me. I still think in those three weeks, I have a lot to, to, to contribute, but we will have to get really careful and, and, and intentional about that in particular, because I think that um, judging, I, I remember, I'm sure you saw this also be like, well, how did they get COVID? Like yeah. who cares? What, yeah. Are you blaming somebody that I don't think they were necessarily, they were probably going to the grocery store, not to a club, you know, yeah. I mean, that's not, but this idea that we can judge why or how somebody got it, 
when people are like, do you know how they got it? I said, I don't know. And I don't care. I like, I'm, that's not even a conversation in the same way that if somebody has long haul COVID, it's like, oh, you're just tired. And you wanted a day off. No, people are struggling mm-hmm. and we have to be ready for what does that mean to teams? How do we develop, how do our leaders prepare a team for someone who, who may not have the nine to five, the 40 hour week that we're used to, hopefully will have changed our attitudes, but we're not too sure. And I do think there is some, there is something, there are some things that technology can help us do. Um, So one of the things that UKG did early, early on is we created a workforce continuity hub um, that did a couple of things. Everyone was checking in, that's fine, you know, but there's more than checking in. You got to know truly and ask, using some sentiment analysis, how are people really doing and how can we help or how might they be able to help others if they can and sort of figure out where people are, how impacted are you? Because you can check in and say, yep, I'm okay. No, I'm not sick. Yes, I've gotten a vaccine. That's one, that's just one level, but understanding how impacted they are. So we have this this two level, how impacted. And then the, the hub, the workforce continuity hub gives you, a holistic view of your organization. How are you impacted? How did the uh, social unrest and the the protests actually have an impact on your whole organization? Oh, it was minor? Okay, so let's not go too crazy about it or let's not blame people for doing certain things. Let's look at this holistically. So if you can see what the health of your organization is in terms of what your workforce is doing and, 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 and compare that to some of your results, that's the latitude that people are gonna need in the future of work to be able to succeed. Um, and, and, that, and that's where, whether it's remote work or on-site work, we have to be much more open to this sort of more fluid way of looking at the workforce and, and embracing that fluidity, I think. Well, Cecile, I couldn't agree more. And again, I think it speaks to HR's changing role and increased role because yeah. that's not a, finance problem that's not an IT problem it's not a marketing problem it's a people problem a people problem people and a leadership problem, problem. Yep. and a leadership problem <laughs> yeah so so i would imagine uh, if you're listening to this or, or viewing some clips you know you're you're going back to your team and saying hey we really have to lean in on these on these topics here uh, well Cecil, it's been a huge pleasure as always, uh, we, we can't let it go so soon. We might as well just make you a co-host of the show. I, think. I know. No, I, if, I, if, if I can come back a couple more times, I'll be happy. I'll come up with some other good, uh, good topics for us to, to chat about. But it's always a pleasure. I love your perspective and your thoughtfulness on some of these topics. And, and the goal is always to, to help make our, our, our HR community stronger and, and give them something to think about, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I appreciate you being on, on our platform. Um, Thank you. This has been Cecile Pelleru, VP of Product and Innovation at UKG. Uh, how can people reach you? How can people learn more about UKG? You know, you can, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an intermittent Twitterer, but, uh, but when Joey says something valuable, I'm, I'm usually there. So, so um, you, you can follow me there. You can uh, reach out on, uh, on, on LinkedIn also. Um, I'm, 
relatively easy to find. Um, I probably shouldn't give out my, my cell phone number. I do do a lot of texting, but you know, that might be a little <laughs> bit far, but, but uh, I would love to have any conversation about this, um, whether, whether anyone's comfortable starting that conversation via Twitter. Um, I'll, uh, you can usually link me at some point through, uh, through Joey also with, uh, with some of those conversations, but feel free to reach out um, LinkedIn or, or, uh, or Twitter at UKG, Cecile.LaRue at UKG.com. And you can uh, reach me there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been another episode of the Business Life of Coffee Show. If you loved it, go ahead and leave a five-star review on iTunes. It helps spread the word about our show and let us know what you like about it. Till then, till next time, see you soon.